The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, fellas. Um, we I'm certain that um, we thought this podcast was going to have a different um, level of uh, feel, excitement, and not only was that taken away from us, um, the feel around uh, this team, the city, the fans, the players, um, it's been ripped away from us by uh, a couple of just terrible, terrible decisions made uh, by people and evil that found its way. Uh, at what was supposed to be a celebration and was a celebration all the way through. I know from Houston, I watched it and I enjoyed it and I was uh, ready to be, you know, excited about talking about some of those moments. And maybe we get into that a little bit later on in the pod, but um, obviously our minds, our hearts and our thoughts are with um, anyone affected. And when I say anyone affected, I mean, not just, um, the victims uh, and the lady who lost her life um, and the kids, uh, the two kids that she is and was the mother of their entire family, not only the 20 plus victims who have been injured in this, not only the nine um, kids uh, that had gunshot wounds in children's mercy, the 11 kids um ranging from eight years old to 47 years old um our thoughts and our and our feelings and our prayers are with them um but it's just for us individually we all have our own kind of thoughts and stories and 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 memories and feelings of what happened there and i I just want to kick it off fellas by just this was this is thursday so this happened yesterday we're taping this on Thursday night. How are you, Phyllis, feeling? Um, where are you guys just mentally and in that moment, just where you all are? So I have never been affected by a mass casualty event like this. Um, that's not to suggest that they don't touch me, but this one was different because it hit home, right? Like, Ron, you, me, Serta, this is our hometown. And when I lived in Kansas City for a year, when I was working at 610, I was living downtown with my mom for that year. And we lived in Union Hill, which is, I mean, I ran by that corner of 
Union Station six times a week. Um, when I was there for the Royals parade in 2015, that's where I stood. Um, and so when all of this started, I mean, you have the excitement of what had just taken place. It was, I think the most excited I've ever seen like that crowd for a celebration at any of these, uh, parades that we've seen in recent years, starting with the 2015 Royals and then continuing through this. And so that's, that's the start of the day, right? We all, we all felt that. And there's just so much happiness and so much excitement and you get these speeches that are all so great. And then the first thing that I saw, cause I'm coming off the air at two o'clock Ron, we had like the opposite experiences of when our shows began, you start at two, I end at two. And so right after we get off the air, I, the first thing that I saw was a tweet from um, James Palmer and it just said something serious is happening. And I didn't, I didn't know at first, obviously, what that meant. But then you continue scrolling, you, you start seeing the news coming in. And it was, it doesn't even hit you at first. And I was just like, I, in total disbelief that that could happen on that day, in that city, in this way. And so the first thing that I did, and it's the first time I've ever had to do this before, and it's why it hit me so hard in some ways, is I reached out to my people, right? Like, my dad was there. I I thought there was a chance that my mom would be there. She said she wasn't going to go, but, you know, day of, she lives downtown. Maybe she decided, you know what, on a whim, I'm going to go ahead and go down there. Um, I've got friends that were down there. Like, you reach out to your people to just make sure everybody's okay. And when I got a response from my dad, his response, now it's been corroborated by what the police have said was, Hey, I, I was actually in that area about five minutes before. Um, he said the, the guys that ended up getting in the fight, they started seeing what was the beginnings of what was kind of a, a crowd that was starting to get rowdy. And so his wife looked over to him and said, Hey, I think we should probably get out of here. Like, I don't know where this is going, but this is pretty much done. Like, let's, let's go ahead and, call it a day so they leave and he didn't know anything had happened until he got to his car and he, he turned on the radio and and heard the news and he saw afterwards looking on social media where it took place and realized that's right where we were and so that hits you right but the moment that it really hit me i i came back home um baby boys at uh daycare after i get home i go on a run because i just i needed to clear my head and I'm listening to all of the coverage uh, from back home. And they announced while I'm in the middle of my run that there were kids that had been hit. And Ron, you probably have a similar experience where you just think about your kids. And it's the first time I've ever just broken down in the middle of a run where you just think to yourself like, what if we were there, man? You know, because like, you know, you know, we would have taken our singing the same thing. Yeah. I, I got 10, 6, and 3, and I know they were out of school, and I know we would have been down there. <laughs> I know we would have taken them. Our whole family would have been there. You just don't and think about this. Like, this isn't it, it, maybe it should now, but you don't think this is something that can happen in, in a situation like that. And so 
that's when it really hit me, man. And that didn't make it any better or worse beforehand. But for me, that was being a new parent in the past calendar year. This is the first one that I've experienced that hit home in a in a literal sense and also hit home in the sense of, man, that that could have been us and it, it could have been our baby boy. And that's man, that's it, it hit really hard inside. So um, to answer your question, how we're doing, I I don't know. Um, I This is going to sit for a while. And I think that's the case for a lot of people back home. Um, so that's where I'm at. It, it, it's an interesting thing with three different. We're in three different cities when this is happening with three different perspectives of things that happen. You're in St. Louis, and that was your situation. You're getting off the air. Serta, you're in Kansas City. I know you didn't go down there doing a lot of work uh, for Arrowhead Pride and doing stuff for this coverage. What what, what was your experience? Uh, and I'm sure trying to reach out with people that you knew were down there. Yeah, so I was just back at the house. Um I was watching the parade and I was recording it on my computer, just like doing work and like doing what I did last year when the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Like I, I cut up all the all the Super Bowl parade celebrations and the and the speeches and everything. And then I just post it uh, on our podcast page for the listeners of Arrowhead Pride. And it's like a day of celebration. Like, you know, I'm feeling I'm feeling great. I'm happy. I, I'm uh, I'm watching the TV and seeing how much fun everybody is having out there and seeing the players just having the time of their lives and celebrating all this thing that they put so much work into and seeing the people of Kansas city like there to celebrate it with them. And I was, and I was just like sitting here, like in such an incredible mood, like thinking, you know, th- th- what, what an amazing day. This is such a cool accomplishment for Kansas city. And, you know, after they wrap up the celebrations and everything, I mute my TV and I'm sitting on my computer, like, just editing this podcast and I I get the podcast done and uploaded and I look at the TV and like, I see a headline and then I, I, I hit on mute and I like rewound it. And I saw the initial like scramble once I like rewound the the live TV of the people on channel 41 and and all of their newscast team. And, you know, the moment that they're like, uh, we're being told to take cover. I was like, I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? And then I immediately frantically like who in my family is down there? Who are my friends that are that are down there? I got to make sure everybody's OK, because I'm just sitting here at home and, and, you know, I contact everybody. I'm freaking out. I don't know what's going on. I'm worried about people that I'm not hearing back from. And, you know, that area uh, around Union Station, I lived two minutes away from there for years. I used to walk down to Union Station and Crown Center and the crossroads. Like I lived down there for years. Like that's my neighborhood. That's uh, that I know that area so well, like the back of my hand. And I was just at Crown Center with my nephew a month ago. Like it's that that that's that's something that's going to stick with me for a long time. And I, I'm heartbroken and devastated that, you know, this is where we're at in this country and in a country where we can't agree on anything is a society seemingly that, you know, one one of the last few things that most of us can agree on is our favorite sports team. And and we can agree that we'll come together and celebrate those accomplishments together as a city that that's not even safe anymore because nowhere in this country is safe anymore. 
until we start making some kind of legislation that's going to combat gun violence and, and, and people's ability to get guns. And I'm tired of living this way just as everybody else is. And I'm heartbroken for anybody that was there yesterday and that is going to be traumatized for life. And I'm heartbroken for the family that lost their mother and, and I'm heartbroken for all of the children and everything that they're going to have to go through the, the, the rest of their lives to try to put this behind them, just to feel safe going outside and going somewhere in public. Like, I can't imagine what those people are dealing with. And it's, it's happening all the time. You're in St. Louis, BK. I was in, in sort of, you were in Kansas city. Thank God you were in a safe spot. And I, I'm assuming from this, that both of you guys, and I was able to to reach everybody that you were trying to reach uh, that you knew were there, that they were in in good shape, at least physically. Uh, but they're going to be traumatic situations from everybody. I'm I am I'm in Houston and my show starts at two. Um, and this is odd, man. Sunday, right where I work, I work across the street from. The old, the old Houston Summit, where the Rockets used to play, and that is Joel Olstein's church. And Sunday, Joel Olstein had a shooting inside of his church. Just happened Sunday. It was a big thing here, um, where multiple people were hit. And this just, it just happened Sunday, and it was crazy here. That was just like the other day. And now I go on the air, and you know we have we have things planned from even taking stuff from the parade from the speeches and everything and i mean 5 6 minutes into it you know i'm seeing stuff my producer saying to me in my ear as we're doing the segment you know the opening segment like hey something's happening at the parade and i'm looking and i i saw the same james palmer tweet i saw a lot of things then i start seeing dana from dana and parks uh, tweeting out things, and then it's like shots were fired, shots were fired, and then you could see on TV immediately ESPN goes to it, and you can see the crowd of people running. And now I'm doing a topic about C.J. Stroud that I could give two dams about at this point. And at this point, as you said, I know I've had to understand my mom was going down there early. Uh, my in-laws were both down there. It sent pictures early about them taking off saying they were going down there. My sister was down there. My uh, All of my, my good friends were down there. And, and then, you know, as you as you go through Twitter or Facebook, and you can just see my, I don't know if yours, I'm sure it was, we follow and we're around a lot of people from Kansas City. My timeline was just full of people taking pictures about being at the parade. All you could see was photos, bam, bam, bam. And you could just see him. Oh God, there's my cousins there. My other, my friends, my, my, my barber was there. My, and so you're just trying to check with everybody. Good thing. My parents, in-laws got back relatively quickly. Um, and then you just started to see things. And, and the one that really kind of scared me the most is one of my, my best friends, Josh, you know him, he was there and he said it happened about 10 10 yards away from him and he's just texting our group text and saying, Oh my God, this it's real. This thing is happening. We're trying to get away from the area. And then he texts us. I'm seeing two people on the ground and it looks like they're bleeding out and it's just, and I'm like, like, are you good? Where are you at? You know? And it, and it was just, it was just for me touch and go for about the first hour of the show for me trying to, 
you know, be professional. At that point, we got to report it and talk about it a bit, but trying to be professional. But while the whole time I'm doing the show and I'm and I'm just texting away, just texting, talking to people, getting an understanding from where people are, talking to my wife, trying to make sure she got everybody in her family connected to. Because you think about it, you know, there's there's what eight, there's anywhere from five hundred to eight that hundred thousand people there, and Kansas City ain't that big. I mean, you're bound you're bound to know about two hundred people down there, and you know, and and. You know, it was just a really, really scary situation. And then seeing so many people's accounts or talking to so many people who were down there. And and, and I, I talked to a new of read of one family that I know really well who their kids just happened to have to use the restroom. And they were on the west side of Union Station. And because they went to the restroom, they they were coming out as it was happening. And they missed it. And they would have been right there maybe potentially in the line it's just it's just it's just such a scary thing and you spoke to it earlier bk of you know you know it it's our country it i mean this happens as i spoke to it as i let off just now this just happened here in houston at the biggest church in the city it just happened literally just happened where it was a mass shooting on Sunday, this is our country. It happens everywhere. But damn, man, it was weird watching CNN or or any cable news and seeing. All right, we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about a mass shooting. This mass shooting and and we'll go back and it's in Kansas City and you could see the 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 you know praying for Kansas City or tragedy at parade in Kansas City and it's like wow. Like I've seen it in Sandy Hook or or Uvalde or you know all of these places that you can remember watching you know or the anniversary of Parkland and, and Parkland is six year anniversary of it and you can remember and then it was Kansas City it was our our city the city that you know I, I love and grew up with and it was just that was just a that that hit home so it was. Uh, um, a, a time even from afar that I won't forget. And I felt so connected to like I was there and a, just a scary 30 minutes to an hour for me personally, that I think pales in comparison to the scary seconds and minutes uh, that many people experienced down there. As always, we appreciate each and every one of you that chooses to listen to and consume everything that we do here at Arrowhead pride covering the Kansas city chiefs. Um, we want to direct you as well to the GoFundMe for Lisa Lopez Galvin. You can find that with a quick Google search if you'd like to donate to her family after this tragic incident at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Or if you're interested in helping in another way, you can always visit the Community Blood Center here in Kansas City. You can head to savealifenow.org. All right. Um, as we said, it was supposed to be a time to celebrate, and you do celebrate. The Chiefs have won back-to-back championships. This is the first time in 20 years that it has happened since the Patriots, and that means so many things are on the line. Right now, I think that the conversation with Mahomes and Brady can start to be real. I think now it is a 
official. This is a dynasty. You give me three championships in five years. You give me six straight AFC championship games. You give me four Super Bowl appearances with three wins. The highest winning percentage in the regular season during that time frame. This has been the gold standard in a dynasty. And as Mahomes said, it is just starting. And I got to say, this Super Bowl and this game in particular, to me, was what this whole run has been about. And quite frankly, as a Chiefs fan my whole life, this has never been the case for me. But what I looked at, and a lot of it goes with Mahomes, and he was special and deserved his third Super Bowl MVP. But when you think about the stars, the dudes that you got to have it, where sometimes it's like, yo, you just need your best players to step up and make up the difference. You just need your best players to come through. The Chiefs stars showed up in this game, and when you compare them to the stars of the Niners, it ain't even close. They showed up in a way that, I mean, whether it came in the second half or not, their stars, the Chiefs stars showed up. And quite frankly, in this run, that's always been the case. Their stars always come through. You can look at Chris Jones coming through against the Bengals. Chris Jones demanding a double team that leads to a fumble and a return for Nick Bolton. Patrick Mahomes rolling. Travis Kelsey. Those two don't don't hold so many records for nothing in the postseason. And I mean, and the stars coaching as well. Andy and Spags. These guys consistently come through. Trent McDuffie, who is sliding into that star territory. Legereus Need is the number that they did on all the receivers on that group was absolutely insane. The stars came to play, and that is a microcosm of this run. And to me, in so many ways, fellas, that was the difference in this game. Their stars were nowhere to be found for the most part, whether at the beginning or at the end. And the Chiefs stars led the way. You can remember individual moments that all of them had. I think the the story of that game, to me, Travis Kelsey finished the game with more catches and more yards than Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle combined. Yep. That's it. That's the game. If Travis Kelsey's going to have – and by the way, Travis Kelsey had one catch in the first half. And so in the second half, he goes out there and absolutely dominates. He has the biggest one, play one of the for game. one, one for one in the first half. And then in the second half goes eight for 92 second half plus overtime and caught nine of his 10 targets, by the way, like just an unbelievable performance by him. And by the way, that final play that he made, that is the same play that he made. Remember the chargers game that he won in overtime yep. a few years ago. It's it the exact yep. same play that he made against them. So he brought it back, and he was at his best when it mattered the most. And, and, Ron, you're right. The guys that needed to step up in that game absolutely did. And it's been the theme of this postseason. They know exactly what they need to do to win every game. And every game calls for something a little bit different. There are certain games, like against the Ravens, where you know, hey, the second half, just take care of the football. If you do that, that's going to be good enough. This game was the opposite of that. The second half, you got to go out there and you got to score. Bap, 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 bap. Last six possessions for the Chiefs. They find a way to get in uh, at least some kind of points. Just an unbelievable performance by the Stars. And you mentioned Chris Jones a little bit earlier on. That guy is such a closer. They needed one to step up after Frank Clark left. And 
Chris Jones over the past two years has been exactly what they asked for. So the defense did their job all day long for the most part. And the offense, you had your stars stepping up that ended up making up the plays when they needed to. I mean, sort of like we talk about, you talk about Brandon Ayuk. I mean, I mean, McCole Hardman and Justin Watson outgained Brandon Ayuk, outgained Debo. I mean, outgained Kittle. Hell, I mean, they would have dreamed of George Kittle to have MVS's game. And MVS turned a seven-yard game into a four-yard loss at one point in a critical moment. <laughs> I mean, Pacheco had the same amount of receiving yards and more receptions than Debo. Like, it is insane what they did. George Kittle, you can't get what he got on a on a dollar menu anymore. Two for four? Like, you can't get that anymore. I mean, what? the hell was that Jarek McKinnon six weeks after having core muscle surgery had the same number of catches and more yards in this game than what we saw from George Kittle that's that's impossible he wasn't even supposed to play everybody said all week long no I, chance no listen, chance Jarek McKinnon ends up playing in this one he goes out there and makes a couple a of huge yeah. plays yeah had a clutch first out I mean the Chiefs I mean we've talked about these receivers McCall Hardman 57 yards of the game winning touchdown and a deep ball and Justin Watson has 54 yards. I'll be and, honest. And a huge catch. He had another huge catch that got the offense going again. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, Rasheed Rice, the, the best receiver of the wide receivers, you know, six for 39. He had multiple touchdowns that he just wasn't thrown to, but we'll, whatever. And but a third I, down conversion that came up clutch when they needed it. I mean, it. it's just, hell, Noah Gray had 22 yards. <laughs> I mean, what are we, the, the, the Chiefs backup tight end. I, I think Fortson had 15 yards. I mean, he had. I mean, he didn't play. I mean, it's just what. I mean, seriously, sir, you got to be shot. Those monsters. If it wasn't for Christian no. McCaffrey, nobody else did anything. I I was shocked. Uh, I don't think any of us were expecting them to put the. I'm sorry. On. How did Brock Purdy play that well? How did he play <laughs> that well? I just. It's, but I think it goes back to what we talked about a little bit last week too. Is that like. The Chiefs stars show up like the Chiefs stars have made plays in the playoffs and the Chiefs like Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones were stars above the rest of them, in my opinion, even though the 49ers want to be there. The 49ers have superstar players like we all totally agreed on that, but it was the other guys. It, it was Trent McDuffie and Legarius Sneed who were getting discounted and not really put in the the category of Fred Warner's and Debo Samuels and George Kittles and Brandon Ayuk's and, and all of those players like, but they're just as big a difference makers for this Kansas city chiefs team. And they are superstar players. And it was so cool. Like Sneed, I, I feel like hasn't gotten the attention that he deserves all year. He got snubbed on the all, all pro, obviously, even though we all know exactly how locked down he was every step of the way this season and he was even dealing with an injury earlier in the year but we also know that trent mcduffie can be a superstar player an elite player who made an all pro team in his second year as a starter and his second year in the nfl and he played like he is an absolute superstar on the biggest stage possible so if anybody was doubting trent mcduffie if anybody didn't know who trent mcduffie is they know who trent mcduffie is now like not only do the Chiefs just have stars that are overlooked because uh, of the the wide-ranging touch of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey now, but they have depth across the board in a way that the 49ers just don't because they've paid all those guys so much. And, and 
at the end of the day, the Chiefs just had more talent than the 49ers, which was supposed to be the most talented team in the NFL all season. And one of the things that I heard all week, Ron, was, yeah, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, but the 49ers are the better and deeper roster. And I just, I don't believe that. I think they had better weapons, obviously, in this game that didn't necessarily show itself. I ain't gonna lie to you, I believed it in this one. I didn't like the Ravens one, I wouldn't with it. I I, I believed like just the, the the amount of guys. I believed it in this one. It, it certainly it did not show. When Purdy was targeting Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle, he was eight for twenty for eighty-six yards. When Mahomes was targeting McCole Hardman, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and Justin Watson, he was nine for thirteen for a hundred and thirty <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. Like it's just it's so absurd. And a lot of that, Ron. It's because of the under-the-radar players that we just don't talk enough about. Like, so you are 100% correct that the stars showed up in this game. But there's other guys that we just don't talk about that ended up having critical roles in this game. I think there's been a lot of talk about Leo Chanel, so I'll, I'll put him off to the side. But Nick Allegretti tore his UCL in the first quarter of this game as the backup left guard and continued to play really well for the full four quarters. Thank Jared God McKinnon, he didn't have to come in in the ninth and pitch. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Jarek McKinnon comes out there and finds a way to get onto the field despite having a core muscle surgery six weeks ago, which is supposed to take like two and a half months to be able to come back from. And his, third his third down was huge that he got there in that, in that final drive in regulation. I thought McCall Hardman had been banished. I thought he was a guy that you would never see again on the field for the Chiefs after that I, fumble. I turned my back when I saw who that ball was going towards. He not only made a catch, which will now be forgotten because the next play was the fumble, but a catch that I legitimately didn't think he was capable of making. He, at this he had point. to he go track it. it. He doesn't catch it 99% of the time. He had to go track it. it that was It was contested. I, I didn't know he was capable of doing this. So he makes that play. Mike Pinnell, a guy that was signed onto the roster like eight weeks ago. Mike Pinnell was our like... I don't know, a folk hero in Kansas City back the last time that he was with the Chiefs, the last Super Bowl that they went to. That was four years ago, man. This guy signs back onto the roster, and suddenly he's out there making huge stops against Christian McCaffrey, so much so that in the middle of this game, the 49ers were like, we can't run it anymore, guys. They were averaging three and a half yards per carry when Christian McCaffrey got the ball. His longest carry of the day went for 11 yards against this Chiefs defense. So, like, the Stars I, I still, absolutely deserve I, I still, their credit. I still don't know why they decided to just go ahead and go with that, but okay, whatever. I it wasn't were, successful. It wasn't as successful were, as we were I don't know. I, 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 I would have kept trying. Anyway, go ahead. The, the, the Stars deserve all of the credit in the world. But to me, what set, the, what set apart the Chiefs in this game is that they had role guys that were knew exactly what was asked of them. The Chiefs were prepared, man. And that showed itself in overtime when the 49ers didn't know the rules. And the Chiefs were legitimately shocked when they decided to take the ball. And the Chiefs had apparently planned for that exact scenario every single week in the postseason. So there's your coaching. You got the players that know exactly what they're going to be asked for with Jarek McKinnon, his role. I, just all around, you need everybody to win a Super Bowl like this. And every single person on that roster seemingly showed up. And 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 Serta and BK, I, like I hated hearing, you know, and it wasn't just this week that well, the only reason I'll give him a chance is because I got Patrick Mahomes, or this team is just it's just Patrick Mahomes when they've had other great players and they got other 
guys that all year have been big impact players, especially on that defensive side of the ball. But damn, when it came down to it, though, in the fourth quarter, <laughs> in overtime, the Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes, and they didn't. And, and even though all those players did everything they could, they had they had the dude to where I'm telling you, every one of the fourth downs, every one of the crucial third downs, like when it really they really had to have it. There was never any doubt that he wasn't going to find a way to make a play. There was never any doubt just how he was going to do it. Never any doubt. And um, with all that being said, when you have the best player on the planet and arguably the best we've seen do it, it he he went ahead and took the reins in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter in that overtime. It's yeah, like there was never any doubt when they got the ball uh, for that final drive in overtime. I was like, it's over. Like they they screwed but up. But I've like had they, I've had doubt all season that they could do that. I've had doubt all season until then. You didn't yeah. on the you didn't on Sunday though, did you? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because because there was because there was no chance he wasn't going to go win. There was there was no chance. That he that Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to rise up to the stage and, and the level that that he was at in that moment to go achieve the greatness that he is. But I also like BK mentioned the preparation that these guys put in was apparent, and it's I think we've seen it all season long. I think we saw it especially all throughout the playoffs, like where each individual matchup, the Chiefs had an answer for everything that they went up against in the postseason. I know a lot's been made. It's, toughest playoff run anybody's ever gone on and and uh, that comes back to the coaching and the preparation and how much time all these guys are in there watching film and finding ways to win their matchups and win the little small portions of the game and it comes back to Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo because in the fourth quarter of that game I'm like yeah Spags is is just dancing around Steve Wilkes right now like Spags is far the far superior coach there and Kyle Shanahan didn't have an answer where Andy Reid was able to make adjustments in the second half and they were able to find the answers when they needed to. And that's something that I don't think you can definitively say about Kyle Shanahan because I even saw people trying to say that Kyle Shanahan like had this coaching advantage. And Andy Reid has had his issues over the years. I think it's a lot of it has changed in the Patrick Mahomes era because their, their ability to adapt to anything now and to adapt to any situation in a football game. But a lot of that is Steve Spagnolo too, in the way that their defense uh, adapts, because that it wasn't always like that in the Bob Sutton days, if you recall. Like their coaching staff is on another level, and their preparation shows each and every week, and it showed all throughout the playoffs. And Ron, on the Mahomes note, like there's been a lot of stats that have come out over the past four or five days of what what he's done in the playoffs, especially when he comes from behind. I. I've got two that I found that really stood out to me that I, I thought were the best. The Chiefs are now 5-1 and one with Patrick Mahomes when trailing by at least 10 points at any point during the postseason. The rest of the NFL in this stretch, again, Chiefs 5-1, and one, is 6-48 and 48 in those scenarios. Chiefs 5-1, and one, rest of the NFL 6-48. and 48. And then there was one other that came out. And this is where we get to the Mahomes inevitability thing where if you give him the ball late and it's close, 
you're not getting the ball back and you're not winning that football game. Since 2001, there have been 56 quarterbacks that have led at least 125 drives in the playoffs in which it was the fourth quarter. The drive ended with under a minute left to play. And when that team got the ball, they were down by seven points or fewer going into the drive. So fourth quarter or overtime, under a minute left to play when the drive ends, and you're either tied or down by seven. Only 40% of those drives saw the offensive team score. For context, Tom Brady, five for 11. Drew Brees, three for six. Aaron Rodgers, three for four. Great in those situations. Josh Allen, two for two. Patrick Mahomes in these scenarios is seven for seven in taking the lead or tying the game in these situations. The average quarterback averages about one point per drive. Mahomes averages almost four. He is the greatest inevitability in the game right now. I can't think of anything else in pro sports that I can remember that feels this way. If he is on the other side and he is close late, he is going to win the football game when it's in the postseason. That like Tiger Woods, Ron, is the best athlete of my era. Tiger was the guy that if he's in the lead on Sunday, you're not catching him. But he wasn't the guy that came back on Sundays typically. That wasn't his thing. Like, I can't think of anything else quite like this. Brady had his moment down 28 to 3, but otherwise most of his Super Bowls were playing from ahead and he had that great defense on the other side of the ball. I, I, I can't think of any other player in any other pro sport that felt this way, where when they get the ball, you know it's over in that moment. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I I, I can just remember growing up and seeing like John Elway had all of those comebacks in the fourth quarter and Peyton and, and Tom. But watching the Chiefs my whole life, that seemed like such an... Uh, just a unattainable thing to watch happen. I mean, Steve Bono's not coming back and bringing anybody back. Elvis Gerback wasn't coming back and bringing anybody back. I mean, Rich Gannon, God bless his soul. I don't know how long of a shot he got. He wasn't doing it. Alex didn't make you feel that comfortable. Tyler Palco wasn't. I mean, it was just Steve DeBerg. Maybe I think I seen him do it once. I remember Joe Montana did it a couple of times. But that seemed like such a difficult thing. This joker does it every time. It's just about every time. Like in the regular season, a couple of times when it hasn't happened, you're like shocked when he does it. But And it's crazy. This year, and they have not been great at this. Like no. getting the ball late and needing, needing to score, they have not been great at this. But I mean, 
dude, they're in field goal range in five plays. In three plays. You're like, okay, all right, let's let's ride. I mean, I you know what? I do want to touch a coaching point that you made, sort of. And I just think it is it is hilarious to me. Because we hear so many people, oh, oh, it's rigged. I had a guy trying to over text line, trying to he swore up and down that the NFL and the officials try to cheat for the Chiefs on the last drive. He swears up and down. They gave Patrick Mahomes a first down. He did a run. He ran for two yards on the second play of the drive, ran for two yards, and it was second and eight. They gave him a first down. I said, man, they said Kelsey was tackled in front of the first down marker, and he ran for two yards. No, 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 no. I said, no. Just go back and watch it. I mean, swears up and down. Explained it on the broadcast. Yeah, Jim did. He finally Tony allowed him to get in to do it, but he 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 explained it on the podcast. Tony, I hate. He gave him a little time to get in to get it, but he uh, but he explained it. But people believe they're oh, it's rigged. They're rigging it for the Chiefs. They're cheating it for the Chiefs. The NFL and they're going to do this. They're the dummies. The rest of the league are dumb. You just talked about that coaching advantage. So the Chiefs are just going to not only have Andy Reid, which they can control, because just look at the Niners. The Niners have probably been the other dominant team, right? Hell, they've lost D'Amico. Now, they just fired Steve Wilkes. But they just lost D'Amico. They lost Robert Sala. When they lost D'Amico, D'Amico took Bobby Slowick from him and Gerard Johnson. They've lost Mike McDaniel. They're losing coaches left and right. No continuity together at all. The Chiefs, the league going to take their guys? No. Steve, Steve Spagnola is too old, apparently. So we're just going to let y'all keep having that dude who is clearly. I think there is an argument, a fair argument, that if you look throughout the playoffs, that Steve Spagnola was the best coach, specific coach to what he coaches in the entire playoffs. What he did was dominant over everybody. To me, even Andy, and they're just going to let him keep staying here. Not even, not just let him keep staying here. He doesn't even get interviewed. It's not even thought about. It's not even talked about. And then Dave Tobe, he just gets to stay over there as they dominated special teams in this game. And then, oh, guess what? Eric Bieniemy is, I guess, since Steve is too old to get a job, Eric Bieniemy is, I don't want to say this, Ron. Eric Bieniemy is a... A bad interviewer. Okay, that, that's what we'll say. A bad interviewer is what Eric is. And so Eric Bietemi is probably going to be on this staff again. So there's going to be continuity with Eric Bietemi. Hell, bring on Steve Wilkes. Just bring on the good any of the good coaches because, because the Raiders were going to fight to try to get Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury in Vegas. Boy, that sounds like a hell of a match. That sounds like a perfect thing for Cliff to be in Vegas. And, but anyway, they it, it is just insane that the league is just, just going to sit there and let the Chiefs have the greatest advantage. And I would argue Mahomes, everything, if you look at the totality of the postseason, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Ravens, and now the Niners, I would argue the greatest advantage that they had was the coaching staff. You've talked about Dave Merritt. 
with the corners. We talked about, I would argue that that was the greatest advantage the Chiefs had, even more than Mahomes, was the coaching staff was so much better and dominant at times in this postseason run. And the league's just not going to break them up. They're just going to keep allowing them to to stay together. It's insane. So there was apparently interest in Joe Cullen, the the Chiefs' defensive line coach, this past couple of weeks prior to the Super Bowl. I think the Seahawks interviewed him for their defensive coordinator job. I know the University of Michigan interviewed him as well. And he decided, I'm going to go ahead and sign an extension. I'd rather just go ahead and stay here in Kansas City. So he chose to to be in KC. But they're the ones who are getting interviewed. Yeah, but Steve Spagnolo, who is a four-time Super Bowl champion as a defensive coordinator now, the only one to ever do that. No coordinator has ever won four Super Bowls on the offensive or defensive side of the ball except for Steve Spagnolo. I think he has a legitimate case at this point to be the first ever assistant coach, to be a Hall of Famer. And he's not getting any interviews because he's too old, apparently. You look at his defense like, Ron, we went into this game, and like I know that there's a lot that's happening right now, and it's it's bad optics, don't get me wrong. But we went into this game, and one of our biggest advantages for the Chiefs was, well, they have Steve Wilkes, who's not going to confuse Patrick Mahomes. By the way, I thought he did a pretty decent job. I thought in the first Steve half. was really good. And the Chiefs have Steve Spagnolo, who's going up against Brock Purdy. Okay, that's where the advantage really is for either of these two teams. It's Steve Spagnolo coaching against their offense. So I, I don't know, man. I, it's shocking to me as well. It's one of those things where remember the old video where you had like the kid that was running around the sheep that got posted on Twitter all the time about the Patriots and everybody trying to follow their lead. That's what it feels like the team, the league is doing right now with the Kansas I mean, City Chiefs. Everybody's just trying to follow them, and they they don't seem to understand how the Chiefs are actually doing it. Adam Gase has gotten to get a second chance. Josh McDaniel has gotten three of them. He just he got another one after he did. After he told the Colts he was going to take the job, and then in the middle of the night said no. But Steve can't get us another an interview. It's insane. It's so we oh, talked about this. It. We we talked about this with Spags last season, and I was like, why isn't he getting any head coaching buzz because of what he did with the Chiefs rookies last year? Where we were like. Spax has gotten a ton out of these rookies, especially these cornerbacks. Like, why isn't he getting any acknowledgement or, or any head coaching looks? And then this year, the defense was an afterthought. They're the best defense in football. And but everybody was like, no, it was the Browns. It was the 49ers for a while. And then at the end of the year, the it was the Ravens. Nobody was ever like the Kansas City Chiefs are definitively the best defense in football. Like everybody refused to acknowledge that. Except for us, and we're sitting here in Kansas City, and everybody in Kansas City is like, this is one of the best defenses we've ever seen. And what did they do? They had a historic postseason run as a defense. <laughs> they, went up against four, they went up against four of the top six offenses in the NFL in the playoffs, and they're the first team in NFL history to do that. <laughs> yeah. like and, and Steve Spagnuolo can't get a head coaching look? Like, I'm fine with it. I, I don't know if it's like – does everybody really think it's just all Andy Reid? Like, does everybody really think that? Like, is that is that what's kind of bled over with Eric Bieniemy? Because like, because now too, it's not even. It's, it's not even like. Defense, so, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, is that what? Like, what's the deal with that? Because I feel like a lot of people are like, "Oh, Chiefs just have Mahomes. Their defense is always middle of the pack," which was so wrong this year, and it, it would just 
anybody who said things like that, I was like, you haven't watched a single Chiefs game all season long because the defense is the only reason they were winning games of the regular season most of the time. Like, it's just, it's insane that they have no turnover. And I, I think that's a really under under discussed part of the way we see these teams rise and fall in the NFL and how like, cause we can go into next season. Everybody's going to be like 49ers going to be one of the absolute best teams in football. Everybody said that about the Eagles this year. I thought the Eagles were going to be really good too. I was like, ah, oh, they lost Shane Steichen. Like, you know, but Nick Sirianni's an offensive head coach. Like they should be fine. Like, yeah, it was just his OC, but he's, he's in the mix there too. And their offense was a total disaster this year. Like, it's totally underestimated how big of a deal it is. The chiefs year after year, just get to run back this coaching staff. while every other team in the league goes through these massive upheaval upheavals in the, in that room. And we see it affect these teams on a year to year basis. I think that's why it's so hard to stay consistently great in the NFL. And then Ron, the comparison is always the Patriots, right? That's the comparison for what we just saw from the chiefs. That's the last dynasty that we saw at this level. They're the last one to go back to back. And when they did so, they had as their coordinators, Charlie Weiss, and Romeo Cronell. That was in 2004. You know who didn't come back in 2005? Charlie Weiss or Romeo Cornell because they got jobs elsewhere. They got new opportunities because they were a dynasty. They went to, they won three Super Bowls in a four year span, went back to back. Like, yeah, I want to pluck from that tree. And with the chiefs, that's not happening. And it's why like the, after 2004, it took another, I think it was eight years, nine years before the, the Patriots got their next Super Bowl victory. A lot of that was because of the transition that took place in new England, both on the coaching staff and but on the they- roster. But that's not happening here. But they still kept losing coaches. Like Eric Mangini eventually left and took a job when when he was there. And and then obviously you're going to get to Josh. Bill O'Brien was an OC and took a job and left there. Like they they still were were losing guys. The Chiefs only lose guys because they are trying to get Eric Bieniemy a coaching job. And it's because they said, hey, go ahead. Or they gave away Matt Kafka. They didn't give a rip. Like Belichick got Matt Patricia and Joe Judge head coaching jobs. Yes, they lost those two. I didn't even get to those idiots. They, <laughs> I mean, it was just football idiots. Not, I don't know if they're no. He's the, no. Now nah, you're good. Matt's I think you're it. good there. Matt Joe, Joe Judge for sure sucks. Yeah, I think Matt's you're good. I just it is it's insane. You want to talk about the Chiefs cheating? Let's just keep stacking that coaching staff. Who's going like who's going over there? Who's going over there? Is 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 uh, is, is Vrabel going to be an, an an assistant? Maybe Vrabel will be the linebackers coach, and, and Steve Wilkes will go over and just be in a consultant. I mean, what I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to stack this thing. Let's just hell. Belichick will come over. I mean, it's just insane what they're over I'm, here doing. I'm, I'm ready for Eric Bieniemy to be the run game analyst for the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff because it's either that or construction for him because he can't get a job. All right, I think the big conversation right after that game, I don't even know if Eric has any any experience with construction, but hammers and nails, I don't know. Um, By the way, in all seriousness, just to give one quick prediction out there, uh, Todd Pinkston is your running backs coach right now. I, I'm going to predict that he's your receivers coach next year with Eric Bieniemy as the running backs coach and running game oh, coordinator. Come on, and get that young kid to make him. Sounds amazing. Sounds uh, I'm on board. That's great. That's great. Well, I, don't, I don't know what that means for Connor Embry, but whatever. A passing game analyst. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe he needs to go back to just a GA. All right. Um, Chris Jones, that that's that 
Chris Jones and Snead, that's going to be the big conversation. And I and I am pretty certain. Hell, we did it last week. I think it was our uh, our, our certified or imposter is Chris. This is his last game, and I think we all three said it was his last game. I I didn't want it to be. I think you. I, I know BK. You had you had placed that in your head. I mean, a cool two months ago that this is it for Chris, right? And and, and they've got him and they've got Snead. They're going to sign. Hell, Legeria said today on K Up and Adams, what K Adams said, uh, they they can't afford to bring us both back. You two have always been about let's bring back. I would rather bring back Snead. He's younger at 27. He's a corner, and that secondary has been a huge factor of why the Chiefs' defense has been that good. I just want to know. Because me, I'm telling you, I've always been Chris Jones. I just want to know. Yes, Chris Jones is 29. He'll be 30 this summer. Y'all still feeling that same way? Y'all still feeling that same way of, uh, nah, man, if I got to pick one, I'm picking LeJarius Sneed. We'll move on. Y'all still feeling that way? So I, can I give the cop-out answer? <laughs> after thinking about it more, and after especially thinking about what it would mean to three-peat and how historic in nature that would be. Nobody's ever done it in the history of the NFL. And after watching the fourth quarter in overtime? It, yeah. I, I, th- I think this is the year that you go all in for. And one of the things that the Chiefs have done a really good job of, and I give Brett Veach a lot of credit, is not overextending themselves for any given season. They are not going to go do the Odell Beckham contract, right? Where it puts them in a bad spot in future years to potentially help them out in the here and now. That's just not something Veach is willing to do. Instead, he's saying, hey, we're going to build for the next five years. And every year, we're going to give ourselves a chance to win a Super Bowl. But we also want four and 25 and 26 and 27 to continue to be able to have that flexibility if and when needed. This is one of those scenarios that presents itself where I think you extend yourself beyond what you otherwise would. Patrick Mahomes is a $35 million roster bonus. And for people that aren't familiar with the way that that works, they can convert it. I'm not going to, I'm going to spare you with all the nerdy, stupid math. Basically they can open up $35 million in space like that. If they want to convert Patrick Mahomes money. And all that means is that he's here for the long haul guys. I think they're okay with that. (laughs) I don't think they're going to be super upset about converting some of Patrick Mahomes money. They can also go out there and get some other money by extending Justin Reed. They can do a few other things, cutting MVS. It's not hard for this team to get to $60 million in cap space for the 2024 season. And if they do that, they can actually, unlike what Legereus Sneed said earlier today, they can afford to bring back both Sneed and Chris Jones and go get somebody, not a top player, not Mike Evans, but go get a wide receiver that can help them on the market as well. So I'm going to take the cop-out answer, Ron. I, I, to answer your question directly, do I feel differently today about Chris Jones than I did a week ago? You're damn Absolutely. right you do. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's gotten me to a place where I say, why not both? Yeah. Um, I, I do believe I said last week, in a perfect world, they would bring them both back. Um, but I picked Legereus Sneed, and after the Super Bowl, I am – Totally, team. Find a way, make it happen. They both have to be back here next season because that we we already talked about. Like the Chiefs' stars stepped up, and they had they had more stars at the end of the day than the 49ers did. And 
Chris Jones was a huge factor in this. Legereus Sneed was a huge factor in this. And I just think it, at this point, and the more I, I've thought about it and the more I've kind of looked at it at the Chiefs group of, of free agents, because that's something we spent a ton of time talking about. And obviously they have to address the needs in the draft. Like it's like, yeah, but the way this roster played out this year, like you kind of feel good uh, about your depth and like, you know, you're talking about Mike Edwards is going to be gone. Drew Tranquil's a free agent, though. I think he come back on a team friendly deal. I feel like he's going to be back. But I do think that that means Willie Gay is absolutely gone. Uh, Clyde's going to be gone, like totally replaceable player. Sorry, Clyde. Super happy for you. So, at Super Bowl celebrations, all that stuff. Like all, all of the guys and, and Mike Dana is another important one. But you hope that you get something out of Chiefs rookie first rounder Felix and DK Uzama, who barely played this season. And I think bringing back Joe Cullen is huge for that because Joe Cullen has really gotten a lot of that out of those defensive line players. Their secondary, which is already tremendous, if they continue to build around Snead and McDuffie back there, and then Mike Edwards is out the door, but you have Brian Cook coming back, who showed plenty of promise this year as a second-year player before he got injured against the Dolphins. And then Shamari Connor went above and beyond, I think, any expectation that we had for him as a rookie. And so he's going to have a much bigger role on the back end of the defense. And then you bring Brack bring back Drew Tranquil and Leo Chanel is going to have a much bigger role next season. I think he's shown over his first two years in the league. He is ready for a bigger role. I think the chiefs really like him. I think they really trust him. Like the way that they have built this is actually genius for an all in year this season because their drafts have been so profitable over the last two seasons. They've got already got the youth and the depth to replace a lot of these guys that are going to hit free agency. You got to go out. You got to get more wide receiver help. Obviously, you got to figure out what you're doing at, at the tackle position. And you need to go add to the defensive tackle room, too, because they just don't have a lot of bodies there. Like you've got some things to figure out, but you've got draft picks that you can figure some of that stuff out. You can try to find some cost effective free agents like they always do. And I think you can push all the chips in to bring Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed back because Man, if they do that, going into next season, I'm going to be just as high on the defense as I was this year. Like, it, because I, I have that much faith in the young guys and what they're building with the youth. And we saw how it manifested this season. And I was like, there's no way it's going to be as good next year. I think it absolutely can be just because we saw how they played in the playoffs and how they played late down the stretch when they needed some of those young guys to step up. Let me tell you something, fellas. <clears throat> Uh, listen, I don't know all the numbers and, and the cap numbers and what the hell they can do. I'll leave that to you all and, the, and to, to Brett Veach and his cap team. I'm just going to put to you like this. I would love it if Legereus Sneed and Chris Jones could both be back. It really is, it, it really is frustrating because those are the two most important positions and the most difficult positions to find in the NFL on defense, and that is the legit game-wrecking pass rusher up front, whether that is on the outside or the inside. And in this case, this son of a gun can do it from both spots. And then it is the corner, the shutdown corner, that is very, very difficult to find. Somehow the Chiefs have found two of them. But those are the two hard ones. And I would love if they found it to get them both. And, and if they did that, that would be fantastic. I'll trust you two's words and what you've looked at and if they can. But I'll tell you what, if it got to be one of them, it better be Chris Jones. That's the dude that you got to have back. 
Because, listen, with Spags in the secondary and what he could do, you two, you, especially you, BK, have told me for years, Spags don't need big-time corners. That's not what his defense is about. <laughs> but so, Spags so, is that's not That's true. Spags hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 he doesn't need elite level corners, but when he has elite level corners, he takes his game up to another level because it basically means you have like two corners that have shut down those outside receivers. And now he can do everything he wants to with his other nine players that are closer to the line of scrimmage. So I do think it totally changed the way that he was able to play the game of chess this year, but Neither here nor there. You are correct. Going, he has found a way to do it in the past without them. I'm just going off what you didn't told me for years. Okay. Yes. We had this they were they, fine. They, they were functional with Bashad Breeland for several seasons. I'm just telling you what you told me. Okay. It's about the D line. It's about up front. Okay. Now I understand what your concerns are and what they've said. They don't like to pay guys at 30 getting to, to th- the 30 year mark and above. I'm going to tell you what, man, I could be, fooled by this and this is why no baby nobody don't want to make me a general manager but that dude don't look like he's slowing down in the next two years that dude don't look like he is you know he's about to take a hit and about to look different than he did before he did that that guy does not look like like you talked about Travis Kelsey at times clearly he lied to all of us faked us all out but there are times you're like well Travis has lost a step Chris Jones has not done that Chris Jones has not done that like, if you tell me right now, Chris Jones over the next two years is going to be one of the best defensive players in football. I know that for a fact. Now, after that, I don't know. But the next two years, Chris Jones is going to still be at age 30 and 31, one of the best players on defense. All right? Like, he he becomes your D tackle and DN. All right? Like, he's, like what he is doing for George Karloftis and potentially with Charles Aminahue on the other side, if we can see what happens with his knee, like, you – that dude you have to get. Because, listen, I love Legereus Need, but he was beat by Devo Samuel. He was beat in the back of the end zone, and that would have been a touchdown. But for who? 95 just beat the brakes off of whoever that fellow was who is going back and forth with the starting guard right now. Whoever that fellow was that that their their guards are their left guards are battling back with each other in social media. I don't know if you've caught that. The 49ers guards are just going back. Where, whichever one of them jokers it was, Chris beat the hell out of him so fast that, that Brock couldn't get the throw off, all right? And then he had them fellas so disheveled, they just didn't block him on the last play on four, on third down. Like He had Legereus got beat, and who saved it? Chris. Chris saved it multiple times. You cannot let that piece go. As I've said before, I can take out – I can easily – Easily, I can e- make it'll be easier for me to take out a dominant corner. That dude, if he wants to wreck the game, there's nothing I can do about it, and there was nothing he could do about it. Hell, when Chris wanted to play the run, he went ahead and shut down the run. He didn't have a sack in that game, but he was the best defensive player on the field, and everybody knows it. And I just think you just cannot. I would love it if they could bring them both back, do whatever you got to do. But I know who they better bring back. I know who better be the priority to bring back. And that is that is Chris Jones. Because at least, listen, Joshua Williams and Watson make me nervous at times. 
But I, I feel better about that than Tershawn Wharton and Mike Dana and Pinnell and what they bring to the table and what you're losing from Chris Jones. So, so you make a really good point there. And I think the replacement value and the difficulty of replacing what Chris Jones brings is something that I have probably underestimated over the course of this season. And as we've seen it more and more in the playoffs, it's been hard for me to ignore. They like, haven't Chris, prepared for him leaving. Chris, Chris Jones, you can't. Like, that's like preparing for a Travis Kelsey leaving. Like, you can't. There just aren't other tight ends that play the way that Kelsey does. It, it doesn't exist out there. And so if you're going to try to replace him, like, you do it with two or three other defensive linemen, especially coming off of the edge. And that is also really difficult to do, given where the Chiefs draft. So you make a really good point with Jalen Watts in it in particular. I, I like him. I think he's a really good player. And if you went in next year, did with Trent McDuffie, what you did with Legereus Sneed this year, where he's following the number one wide receivers, I would feel comfortable with it. Like I don't feel as good about Watson and Williams in the roles of McDuffie and Watson from this year, but you feel good about it. Like they're fine. They'd be okay. And if they had, especially to if one, the, especially if the offense took a big step, exactly. Um, if you made me choose one, I think I would go with Chris Jones. I think that would be the one that I would go with. I, I hope they get them both, but I'm telling you. It's, yeah, I, but we're not living in a world where they got to choose. They have to, they have to resign them both now. Um, okay. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to see the Chiefs with like a legion of boom level defense for the next couple of years. That's right. All right. I just, I, I, I know you're trying to. I like, I just want to see that, that, that dude right there, nine five. Okay. And nine five is talking so much so as if he knows something that we don't know about some sort of negotiations. My man in my man two times in three days has come out and expressed he's not even trying to hold or hide his his he's not playing the negotiation. No, we, we we can be a, we can be a historically great defense mm -hmm. if I come and back. Well, he's out here saying, I'm coming back. Bring me back. I ain't going nowhere. And meanwhile, Legereus Sneed is talking about, well, they can't afford both of us. So I don't know what the hell's going on. All right. So Legereus Sneed basically on, on Kay Adams' show. Let y'all know I ain't taking no discount. It's uh, Well, Sneed deserves the huge payday. Yeah. He was a fourth-round pick. He has made no money in his NFL career so far. And he is he is elite. And once he gets those braces off, he'll really take off. All right. The other thing that I find interesting, they could, if they really wanted to, just for what it's worth, before we get out of here, they could franchise tag Legereus Sneed. He's not going to be happy about it, but they could do it. It's not a crazy number for him. And then go ahead and re-sign Chris Jones long-term. And I, I feel like if they're going to bring back both, that's probably the way they do it. They may have to yeah. do that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. And that sucks, though, because that's a that's a number that you can't move. You can't do anything with. But so, it's fine because it's basically replaced by uh, Patrick Mahomes and what he can do with his contract. Yeah. So for one year, you can make it work. All right, for the last time this year, this season, sir, to grab my music, uh, the game that's sweeping the nation, certified or imposter. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Uh, we throw out a we throw out a statement: Is it certified or is it imposter? All right, we know the Chiefs clearly. They won the Super Bowl, so they are going to kick off the season on Thursday like they did before. I'm thinking probably September 5th. We'll see. Uh, but they're going to kick off the season Thursday night football where they will raise another banner and they will get their rings and I believe host the Houston Texans. Um, and here is the certified or imposter. It's Taylor Swift at Arrowhead that night. It's Taylor Swift at Arrowhead that night. We've got seven months or so. A little less than seven months for them to 
to still to still be a thing. <laughs> now they're about to be off season living and have more time. It's 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 Taylor Swift at Arrowhead kickoff opening night on NBC. Is she there? Yes, I'm gonna say certified. Um, she just flew halfway around the world in like a 12 hour time frame to be there for Travis Kelsey. I think a lot of time it, though. It, it seems like, yeah, but it's it's off season now. So, and I think she's she's got her world tour or whatever. So she'll probably be traveling. I bet Kelsey is at a ton of those things this summer uh, before training camp and stuff like that. I guarantee so they'll be spending more time together. That's how relationships grow. You don't want to spend more time together. I'm just saying that could go either way. You just never know. I think it's more likely that they're married than that they're broken up. These kids love each other, man. (laughs) These kids legitimately love each other. Did you see them after that game? I've the last couple of weeks have been beautiful. It's been been. so glorious to watch. Like, and if he can make it through that parade, given his situation, and I'm talking about obviously the the pre-events of the day, but when he was up on the stage giving that speech that he gave Ron, I, I I don't think I've ever seen a man so belligerently drunk as he was in that particular moment. And so if he, if he found a way to navigate the earlier morning of the parade and didn't come away making a horrible mistake that he would regret for the rest of his life, I think he's in the clear. I, I, I think those two are getting married. I mean, listen, I, I wanted to listen when I was on Radio Row, I kicked off every interview, including with Carrot Top and Ed McCaffrey, with the <laughs> question of, do you think Taylor Swift gets a ring by the end of 2024? Every every interview. And I believed it. Uh, Laura Oak, and she really believed it. I believed it. Um, that parade has made me nervous. I'm going to say certified because I'm just going to stand on love. But the parade has made me nervous. And I just, and the parade is kind of the finish. But listen, they deserve, they deserve to get absolutely hammered at that parade. If that's this is my want. thing. This is my thing. I heard what BK just said. BK just said, I don't know if I've ever seen a man more belligerently drunk in my life. Well, Taylor's parents oh. saw that same man. Belligerently drunk. You've seen me that drunk before, Ron. Yes. How do you feel about the woman, (laughs) the woman who's worth eight hundred million dollars, and her parents and family seeing you that belligerently drunk? I, uh, I think she can decide who she loves for herself. I'm just saying, but she probably wants her family to be ride or die with this. And listen, it's now three events. I just want to say three. Some of the last three moments that we've seen and witnessed him on TV. One, um, some thought bullying a kicker by picking oh, up all God, of his things and firing it. No, I'm not listening to this. And bullying a kicker. And Justin next- Tucker was in the wrong, though. And he I'm knows he, saying, he bullied the bully. That's what I'm happened. He saying, stood up to the I bully. I think it's a cumulative effect. He bullied a kicker. A little guy who can't do anything but throwing all of his things. And then the next week at the Super Bowl, he runs over a 65-year-old man with bad ankles and seriously bumps him. I'm just going to say. That was a bad look. There's no defending that. that There's no defending that. He took out a 66-year-old man that looks 76 with bad ankles. And Kelsey didn't have to catch at that point. He was fired up. 
Okay, I just want you to look. If you're her parents, you're like, damn, is this what it gets like when he's mad? Is this angry him where he runs over a 66-year-old man that he loves? And there was no immediate apology. Jarrett McKinnon had to grab him and take him and move him on. That was him pissed. And then now after you run over a 66-year-old man that you love, you are trish. Three to nine sheets to the wind trash. I mean, I thought Trishelle from Real World Las Vegas was drunk on those episodes. <laughs> I thought Ruthie was drunk from Real World Hawaii. This was another chamber. I mean, if it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes, only God knows what he was going to say trying to sing Low Places. Who knows what he was – thank God a camera came off of him. So I'm just saying I felt great about it, and I'm going to say certified. I just think we've had three moments in the eyes of parents and family that may be looking a little bit. I mean, this is a lady who who was trying to who dated Justin Bieber. And you know, they've got to be scarred by some of the guys she's trying to turn flips with. So I'm just saying, I'm I'm just I'm gonna say certifying that parade followed by running over Andy Reid did not help his cause at all with her parents. So I'm I'm hoping that she's there. I'm gonna say certified. I'm just a little nervous. It's fine. Everybody gets a little too drunk sometimes. It's not the end of the world. And I do, and I don't want to also, when the schedule changes and we're spending a lot of time together, and now it gets real. That also could, could throw a wrench in things. Okay, now you know the first time he farts in front of her. I don't know if he's done that yet. I, I mean, this could change. Now we got to talk and stuff like, oh, it used to be I'm going to see him for like two days, and now I'm gone for six. But then I'll come back and go to the game, and you know we'll go to too light or whatever and do our thing i'm just saying we'll see every day now taylor and travis every day every day i don't know i'm hoping my mind i'm hoping when he gets his ring at at, at opening day then taylor gets hers that's what i'm hoping that's that's my dream i'm dreaming for those two all right again um we uh we uh send our prayers and our thoughts to all affected there um, there are a lot of people affected, both physically and those that do, who witness it. There's so much trauma that I hope everybody has physical health and mental health taken care of uh, and get all the help uh, they can. It was good to, to have an hour or so to kind of get our minds off it a little bit. But our, our hearts and prayers are still with all those people in Kansas City and um, and uh, everybody there that's been affected. For the last time, fellas, champs again, but we are out.